Hello, and thank you for listening to Episode 1 of Renewables, a podcast by Biostar, which aims to explore the current and future energy landscape in America. Hello, and welcome to Renewables, the first ever Biostar Renewables podcast. We are very excited about our first guest today, but before we jump in, a little bit about the goals of our new podcast. The goal of this podcast is to take a renewed look at our energy landscape as we know it. At Biostar Renewables, we believe that renewable energy is going to become a more and more important part of our energy future. And this podcast is intended to highlight all of the important innovation and unbelievable, unbelievably rapid advances in technology that we're seeing in the way that we procure power. So with all that said, let's get started. I am very proud to introduce my friend and business partner, Steve Levine. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for coming on our show today. Thank you, David. I really appreciate it. And we really are excited about it as well. So thanks for having us. Of course. Um, just so everyone watching knows, Steve and I met uh, actually on a project. Steve was working with the U.S. Bank Stadium, where the Minnesota Vikings play, and they had an ambitious goal to become the um, the largest indoor sports venue with the cleanest air possible. They wanted to have the cleanest air of any indoor sports venue in the world. And uh, that led them to Atmos Air. Biostar Renewables is very proud to have helped finance that project and provided an energy savings guarantee on that project. So um, Steve, uh, I didn't know when we first met how A, that we would become good friends, but B, that we would also do a lot more business together. And um, I just wanna say before we get started, you are, a very, very good man, and uh, it's been really an honor to get to know you and, and to learn more about Atmos Air. Um, you know, some of your background and some of your story is is really intriguing to me, and I think the viewers will find it intriguing as well. So if you don't mind, I kind of wanted to start uh, going back to your air testing days, and I was hoping you could tell us about how you went from an air testing business to an air solution business. Sure, David, and uh, and thanks for all those kind words. And uh, I consider you my good friend. And uh, we've uh, uh, David and I did start uh, at the U.S. Bank Stadium, but we the business started as an air testing company, and this goes back to 2003, where we would go out into buildings, uh, hospitals. Uh, uh, large office buildings, hotels, stadiums, and we would test air quality. We would actually go in and there's about 11 different elements to indoor air quality. And so our goal and objective was to really measure those 11 different elements of air quality, uh, write a 30-page report on what the elements of the air quality was, and um, and then distribute that good or bad. And, and so 
having having gone through that for a couple of years, uh, not everyone wanted to know what their air quality was because if it was bad, what are they going to do about it? And so we really uh, started to have to look around for different solutions to see how we could better the air quality. And uh, trust me, we looked at everything. We looked at filters, we looked at UV lights, we looked at electrostatic air cleaners, uh, all different types of indoor air quality solutions. And, and we found a technology that uh, it was in Europe. Uh, we went to Sweden for this one and, and we found this technology called bipolar ionization. And, uh, and this technology had deep roots to Einstein, believe it or not. Einstein's sister actually got sick with tuberculosis, and she was told the best place to get better was the Alps. Go to the mountains, breathe that clean air. And Einstein wanted to understand why. Why is the air so much better in the mountains? And he found out that there was a natural conductivity in the mountains, and he actually wrote a theory on conductivity. And uh, and that's where the technology re was really born from. Uh, Einstein's friend, Conrad Habich, developed this first uh, bipolar ionization technology, came out with it in after World War II. And, uh, and that's the technology that we acquired back in 2004 and brought over to the United States. So it's an interesting story. It's it completely true. We checked it all out before we purchased this technology. And today, that's the technology that really has a unbelievable effect on making indoor air quality better. That's fantastic. It's absolutely fascinating to know that you're running a business with technology that was originally discovered by Einstein and, and Conrad Habich. That is so cool. And um, let's spend just a minute at, at the highest level possible, um, explaining to everybody exactly how atmosphere works. Sure. So in layman terms, because I don't want to make, I don't want to turn everyone into a scientist, but uh, <laughs> so the way atmosphere works is through bipolar ionization, through creating negative and positive ions. So I know everyone's been to the mountains, and when you go to the mountains, you breathe that clean, fresh air. And, and in the mountains, at those higher elevations, there's a high degree of negative and positive ions. And as you come down the mountain, those ions have gotten depleted because of pollution. You get into large cities, the ion level has been uh, much less. And, and, and then you get into interior spaces, buildings and whatnot, because of people, because of uh, uh, carpet, because of uh, equipment, the ion content is much less. So, so our technology is creating uh, that those natural ions that you would find in the mountain elevations. And so what those ions do are they actually uh, agglomerate particles? When you put this technology into a mechanical system and negative and positive ions are created by this bipolar ionization tube, 
those ions grab onto the particles. They make little particles bigger and heavier. So they're, they're much easier to filter out of the air. Number one. Um, they also break down things like mold spores and, and they attack odors, volatile organic compounds, and they break those down into carbon dioxide and water vapor. And they really attack the different bacteria, viruses, and germs that everybody is worried about today. So it's a, a unique technology that's active. Uh, most technologies like filters and UV lights are passive. But our technology goes on the supply side of the air and it's active. So it's actually attacking the contaminants and I call it seeking and destroying. Just send those little ions out into the space like little Pac-Man and they'll grab onto the particulates and they'll seek them out and they'll destroy them. Yeah. And yeah. that's why that's why it's uh, such a popular technology today. Fantastic, you know, when I first started learning about atmosphere, being in the energy services business and in the renewable energy business, uh, we face a lot of HVAC issues, and we hear from a lot of our customers that they need help with their HVAC. Uh, they want they need to replace it, or they want to add controls to their HVAC. And as an energy services company who it's very common for us to fund projects via energy savings. For that reason, I was very, very excited when I first learned about your product because, um, you know, compared to completely replacing your HVAC system, the technology is inexpensive uh, and it creates a lot of savings. Now, when I really learned about the bipolar ionization and the health benefits, and the ability to reach well building standards and, and um, all those health related benefits, that's when I realized, okay, this is a really big deal. Uh, because look, dollars and cents are great, um, but, and, and you know well, I know that I've seen in some of your collateral references to some studies from Jones Lang LaSalle and some other organizations about you know, focusing on energy reduction is great, but what happens if you do something that makes your employees as a whole two or three or five or 10% more productive? And so that's really fascinating too from a, a wellness standpoint. But obviously in the current climate, in the middle, hopefully coming towards the back half of this pandemic, the elephant in the room is absolutely COVID-19. So I just want to jump into COVID and have you touch on uh, some of your successful testing and what does adopting Atmos Air mean for your organization as it relates to COVID? Sure. So, so in testing the technology over the years, um, obviously it does a great job of taking out particulate and spores and it does a great job of breaking down odors and, and volatile organic compounds. But when we started testing the technology on things like staff and MRSA and, and things like E. coli, uh, things like, uh, neurovirus, um, we saw that the technology really made a measurable difference. I mean, when we tested it in a lab setting, it would reduce those issues by 99%. And this was over a quick period of time. 
Sure. And then, and then we started getting into, uh, you know, tougher bugs to break down like uh, uh, C. difficile, C. diff, which is what hospitals are very concerned about. And so, so the technology actually broke down C. diff. And C. diff on a, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the toughest, was about a seven to kill. Hmm. So, so kind of coming back to coronavirus and the issues around coronavirus, when the ions are sent on their mission into the space, right, from the air system, the ions are going out into the space and, and hitting surfaces at the same time. You know, those, that spiky ball that we see on TV with those protein sure. spikes, the mm-hmm. ions actually surround that ball and they actually uh, penetrate the spikes and destroy the membrane so the virus can't live. So when you think about, you know, viruses on surfaces or, you know, people that might sneeze or cough and, and, and spew those droplets. And, and the question is, how long do they stay in the air or how long do they reside on surfaces? Mm-hmm. The best thing about the bipolar ionization is it's continuous. As long as your air systems are on, the ions are going to be continuously disinfecting both the air and the surfaces. So it's going to render that virus, if somebody ingests it, you know, you're not going to get sick. And at the end of the day, the same thing, if it resides on a surface and, and somebody touches that surface and another person touches that surface, the ions are constantly hitting that surface and rendering what's on that surface um, uh, not viable. So it's not, you can't get an infection by touching that surface. So it really has, uh, it's not the end all be all. I'm not saying that you can't, uh, you should wash your hands and you should change your filters and you should clean your surfaces. But as one more layer of continuous disinfection, it has a great effect. And we tested this uh, at Microchem's labs, um, which is where Lysol gets tested. And what they found was inside of 30 minutes, we got a 99.92 reduction of the bipolar ionization on coronavirus. So that was pretty spectacular. Not quite a hundred percent, but as one more layer of disinfection, we think it's something that should be a protocol in every indoor facility. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. And congratulations on the test results. You know, when I, I mentioned earlier that I thought this technology was going to be a very important part of our business offering at Biostar. And of course, I was proven right for all of the wrong reasons. And uh, it's certainly unfortunate that we're in the situation that we're in. But I can tell um, our, our listeners and our viewers that, uh, you know, a lot of our customers are, are taking comfort in the fact that they have a way to respond to this. They have things they can do and practices uh, that they can install into their businesses that keep their employees, their residents, whatever it may be, safe. But this technology, um, you know, in particular is so special because as you mentioned earlier, as long as the air is flowing, the technology is working. And so um, really, really fascinating. And 
Um, you know, I, I can imagine that pre-COVID, the financials and these energy savings were probably a much larger part of the equation, if you will, in, in the sales process as compared to now. Are you seeing that? Do you, do you think that's true? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that, uh, you know, like we proved out in, in Minnesota when we worked together doing the Vikings, they, they were they were looking at this as a way to not only uh, save energy, because when you utilize our technology um, and you recycle cleaner air, mm -hmm. then, tech, then technically you don't have to bring in as much outside air. And so if you don't have to bring in as much outside air, there's lesser air to heat and to cool. So if you can recycle cleaner air and save energy, and I'm talking about saving a substantial amount of energy on your HVAC power demand, um, and you can clean the air at the same time, you know, now helping people with their cognitive function and, uh, and, and their productivity and their uh, absenteeism, as well as retention uh, for all the reasons we got into this business in the first place about creating a more sustainable, cleanest, healthiest environment. And then you can save energy. You know, that was our business prior. And now this coronavirus issue hit. And, uh, and people, after the last 17 years, knowing what we do, I mean, uh, really, the phone is ringing off the hook. We are helping so many people, and I really think that we're saving a lot of lives. We're protecting a lot of property, and this is a great technology that people should be taking advantage of. And uh, we just happen to be uh, in that right position. And uh, and now we think, because of this unfortunate uh, pandemic, that it, people will really look at indoor air quality. Um, uh, as not a luxury to have cleaner air, but, mm -hmm. a but a necessity to have cleaner, healthier air. Sure. And I think uh, you're working with some engineering groups who install this on the front end of new construction projects, right? And talk to me a little bit about how they're able to size the equipment that they need for the mechanical equipment in the building, how they're able to adjust the sizing of the equipment downward. Do you, do you mind talking about that for a couple minutes? Sure. No problem. The, um, so the, uh, the engineers and the architects are uh, an integral part of, of what we do in t designing of new projects. And because uh, when you build a project, you have to bring in certain amount of outside air by code. And, yep. and, and when you utilize this bipolar ionization technology, um, and because it manages the contaminants of concern, um, ASHRAE, the governing body says, if you have an air cleaning strategy where you are managing your air and, and not having to bring in as much outside air when you're building a new facility, um, your tonnage, your tonnages will get, uh, you won't have to use as much tonnage. You can actually cut them in, in half. And wow. then every ton of HVAC you can save is worth considerable dollars. Not only the ducts will get smaller, the fans will get less, and ultimately your first cost 
will be on a value engineering situation, this is a great technology to use to help customers save first cost. And now that it's implemented, then the operational cost will be much lower as well. So, sure. so therein lies a great strategy uh, to not only uh, reduce first cost, save operational cost, but have a cleaner, healthier building at the same time. Sure. Thank you for touching on that. And I want to go back just a couple of minutes to something you mentioned around absenteeism. And uh, pre-COVID, Biostar's first couple of projects that we had sort of originated, if you will, uh, selling your technology, were a part of larger energy services projects that, that we were selling to our customers. And Biostar works with a lot of schools. And in uh, on the topic of absenteeism and average daily attendance and sick days, which are so important uh, for schools and for the funding of schools, uh, that's where we started to see the most traction really quickly because it seems like schools across the country are having issues year over year with more and more sick days. And most schools in the country are funded uh, based off of average daily attendance, as you know. So if you can bump your average daily attendance up even 1%, that can mean a significant increase in funding for a school the next year. So um, one of the deals that we sold is about a half a million dollar project, and, and your portion of the project was uh, maybe 10 to 12% of that. And I joke that I could have I could have sold them uh, just your system for half a million dollars because it was the only thing the board wanted to talk about. I mean, it was it was such an issue for them. And not only the students being sick, but um, sick students coming to school and getting teachers sick and then having, you know, an inadequate amount of qualified subs. And so now you have the whole classroom getting three or four or five days behind. And, and obviously that leads to challenges. So all that to frame this question. We know this is important for schools. Uh, there's a couple of other types of facilities that come to mind. What is your hottest vertical market right now? Where are you seeing the most rapid adoption of your technology? Well, it's, it's um, in, in this time right now around the coronavirus uh, with schools. Anybody with a roof and walls? <laughs> It's, uh, it's, it's really commercial. I mean, on the commercial side, it's the buildings that want to reopen up and get their employees back to work again. And, and, and it's, it's groups that own portfolios of buildings that are saying, Hey, our tenants are demanding a safer, healthier environment. It's, it, it's hotels that want to get their guests back. Um, it's schools, you know, uh, the colleges and the universities that want to get you know, everybody back to normal. And again, what are you going to do to make the facility safer? It's the cruise ship industry. Uh, we just uh, put our first full system in the Virgin Voyages cruise ship. And it's like getting them back to normal again and, and, and letting people that want to cruise again feel safe. Sure. I saw that in the USA Today, by the way. Congratulations on that article. That was a nice article. In the last three days, in the last three days, we had the cruise ship article um, for Virgin that hit everywhere. And then we had the uh, a resorts casino in Atlantic City that, you know, uh, they want to get their people back in there to, to gamble and they want to keep their employees safe. And so they're announcing the technology. It was on 
And then in the restaurant industry, believe it or not, restaurants, how do we get the customers back in to feel sure. safe again? And, and sure. so we're, we're seeing all the press come out. And our biggest, our latest one is the Empire State Building. On LinkedIn today, the amount of followers that are following the announcement that the Empire State Building has put in these atmosphere, clean air system, it's it's truly amazing, and um, and so we're we're very thankful and uh, you know humbled by this, and and at the same time we feel like we're we're saving people's lives and we're protecting property, and and that's what it's all about, and uh, you know helping people right now. Well, I know that you live outside of New York City, and I can imagine driving across that bridge and seeing the Empire State Building and knowing that your systems are being installed there must be a pretty, pretty humbling, fantastic feeling. That's, that's, that's amazing. Um, I did want to touch really quickly, Steve, on, uh, I've heard you say this before, and I think it's important to address it here so our, our viewers and listeners can get a better understanding. What you do is invisible, right? And uh, I, I actually have one of your systems in my house I am the proud and crazy owner of two German shepherds who shed a lot of hair and, and dander and all sorts of things. And I have noticed the difference in my house. You know, it's just a small little uh, ranch house. But in your bigger commercial applications, talk to me a little bit about how you prove the technology is working, not just when you install it, but at an ongoing basis. Sure. And that's, that's really important. And again, we came from the air testing mm -hmm. world, right? So mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many tests we did to get the business established, uh, testing the air quality before then installing our technology and then testing the air quality after and being able to show a positive effect on reduction of particles and reduction of the OCs and such. You know, and so where the world has come, though, since that is the sensors. You know, we have developed uh, the sensor technologies that can turn the invisible visible. So think about uh, putting a sensor in a room that measures, you know, five different elements of air quality. Um, it, the ones that are important, we think, are CO2 and particulate and and uh, VOCs and humidity as well as temperature for comfort. So we're measuring this on a real-time basis and we're able to show on an immediacy uh, the fact that the the air quality is much better when the technology is is working and installed. And and then we took it to the next level and we we got a grant from this group in Singapore the government, and we, we basically developed a sensor that can go in the return duct. And we turned our system now into a smart system. So think about setting the, the, up the technology with all these ions going into the space. And with a return duct sensor being to measure the air quality, and let's just say um, you had 100 people come into the school for an event, and and you needed some more ionization. Well, the Atmos smart sensor will turn up the ionization 
because it understands that there's more contaminants in the room. And when those people leave, turn it down automatically. So we really create a smart system that can be looked at from any buildings, building management system, mm -hmm. but also can people can see it visually on the wall. I think where I see it going is that when people come into their buildings in the morning, they're going to see a big television screen uh, in the lobby. And part of that screen is going to say, this is the air quality outside. And mm -hmm. this, is, this is the air quality inside. And this is what, to me, will create greater, greater value in buildings, uh, give people confidence that their building is safer uh, and to be in, and, uh, and just create that visibility. Because again, what we do is invisible. So how you show it is, is, is very important. Absolutely. I think it's really something that sets you apart from your competition the way that you're able to monitor and verify. And one thing that I think is fantastic also is that if you are a building, school, uh, any type of building that may not have a sophisticated building management system, Atmosphere has a way to monitor uh, that building as well and actually send you automated reporting on uh, both in real time and you know previously how your building has been performing from an air quality standpoint, which is really, really neat. Yeah. And I think we've been able to kind of pivot the business into a, more of a healthy air as a service business, right? Sure. Where, where through your company, David Biostar, we can actually finance the system. So it's much easier for the customers on an OPEX basis and then have uh, the reporting uh, uh, sent as part of the whole package. So we can do the installation, the service, the monitoring, and the maintenance all in one package that, that Biostar can finance. So yeah. thank you. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. I appreciate the, uh, the plug on Biostar very much. And, uh, you know, we're uh, installing a school right now on the South side of Atlanta and, um, they were adamant. We want sensors in every room. We want our teachers and every student and every parent to know that their child is, is in a healthy, safe learning environment. So we're really excited about that one because that project, uh, with the exception, of course, of U.S. Bank Stadium, which has a lot of different monitoring and verification going on, as we both know, uh, but that one is a little bit more in-depth as far as the level of detail and, and the level of monitoring every single classroom in the building is, is really fascinating. So, um, you know, we're coming up on about 30 minutes, Steve. I think we've covered a lot of ground today and I just really want to take one more minute to, to thank you, uh, A, for being here, but also, you know, for spending the last 17 years uh, doing something that you're totally passionate about and, and helping a lot of people and you know, you mentioned to me the other day that uh, it's all about education and it's all about helping people. And it sounds like the last 17 years of, of educating folks across the country and across the world is, is really paying dividends for you right now. So congratulations and, and thank you so much for being our first ever guest on the Renewable podcast. It's really been great. It's an awesome, awesome uh, feeling to be the first. And uh, thank you, David, for letting that happen. And uh, 
letting our letting our message get out there because uh you're right it's all about education and uh more people can understand about indoor air quality and the ways to save energy and the ways to really attack this serious problem we're facing today you know very timely and uh thank you for having us today Absolutely. Well, once we get our podcast into the you know top ten on Spotify, I'll be I'll be sure to make you bring you back on. So absolutely, we'll be there. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Steve. Have a great afternoon. You too. Thank you, David. Take care.